Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there is so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there. And you're tired of the wellness fads, endless diets, and impossible standards that make you feel like nothing you do is ever enough. You're ready to tune into your mind and body and feel empowered around health. We're the Healing Trio here to help you redesign your relationships with food, fitness, and yourself. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm Maria, licensed mental health therapist. And I'm Tara, personal trainer. Together, we're changing the narrative on health away from diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity and towards healthful self-care. So grab your water bottle, get ready to laugh, learn, and grow. And and let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. Before we kick off today, we want to share with you something that really just made our day. We love, love, love getting reviews and hearing from you guys. And we had a special one come in that we just wanted to go ahead and shout out Marsha from PA. Yes. She says, I'm working on ditching diet culture at 57. These ladies are becoming an important part of my new wellness journey as I make my way through all of the episodes. There's so much good information, and I love the different format of three friends sharing their knowledge to help us increase both our wellness and our joy. Very thankful. And Marsha, we are very thankful for you. That really filled our cups, right, yes, Maria? Yes, completely. So nice to know that we have or having an impact on people out there, right? Sometimes it feels like we're just talking here to ourselves. Yes. <laughs> In our little podcast room. Yes. So if you feel inclined to leave your review and let us know how this podcast is having an impact in your life, please do so. We would love to read what you have to say and even share it in the future in some other episodes. Awesome. So today, Maria, we are going to be talking about self-compassion. You want to kick us off? Yes. We're missing Tara today. She couldn't join us. So it's going to be the two of us. What an important compound word yes (laughs) um so self-compassion so important when we're talking about our our overall well-being yes because believe it or not we tend to um beat ourselves up and and find blame in things that we do and many times we're harsh with ourselves, even when we are harsh with somebody else, we're sometimes even harsher with ourselves or what we did, right? And some we do. I think we do this more than we realize, um, and sometimes for no justifiable reason. Mm, because yeah. I get that sometimes sometimes we're going to feel blame or you know ashamed or feel guilty about something, but when it, it becomes an obstacle for you to having a good relationship with yourself mm-hmm. and when it becomes something that it's is not healthy for you then it's a problem yeah right? when you're when that voice in your mm-hmm. head is more harsh than mm-hmm. not more often than not then talking about self-compassion be really really helpful mm-hmm. so I decided to look for the actual definition of self-compassion and believe it or not even, after so many years working with my clients about self-compassion, it was helpful for me to really sit down and do some research about what is self-compassion. So I want to share with you. So we start there. And it, <clears throat> it is basically your perceived acceptance of your shortcomings, your flaws, but also your strengths, mm-hmm. right? And the ability to forgive yourself, to have kindness kindness towards yourself, mm-hmm. Um 
still observing yourself, right? But having treating yourself the same way or even better than how you treat others, right? Because if you think compassion is the concern for the suffering of somebody else. Mm -hmm. So self-compassion is seeing the suffering in you or seeing that you're experiencing uncomfortable emotions in this case and then feel compelled to relieve or alleviate or reduce that suffering. You take action to do it. Did you know that? Because then I was like, okay, what's the difference between compassion and empathy? Mm, Yeah. Uh, And what is it? Well, what I found out is that actual difference is the action part. Because uh-huh. empathy, you can put yourself in somebody else's shoes uh-huh. and, and relate to that person through the emotion. Uh-huh. But when it's compassion, it includes the action part of it. Oh, that is very interesting. I, I didn't did, know I that. did not know that. Right. Okay. So hopefully nobody knew that and we learned something. So it's such an that. important point then right at the outset that self-compassion is an act. Uh-huh. It's like it's an action. we practice. Yes. Actionable. Right? So it's not only seeing what you're going through, but thinking of an action. Okay, mm-hmm. how am I going to support myself right now? Mm-hmm. Or how am I going to, um, you know, yes, relate to myself in a, in a forgiving, loving, accepting, kind, and supportive way. Mm-hmm. In, in a way that is releasing and not judging. Yes. Uh, I talk about self-compassion a lot in the work that I do with my clients. I'm, I'm, I look at it as sort of I'm helping my clients build a self-care toolbox throughout mm-hmm. our work together. <laughs> and I always tell them that self-compassion is one of the main primary tools to have to have in your toolbox. And sometimes it doesn't come naturally naturally to people. And we mm-hmm. really have to sort of practice it together and give people permission to practice it and and to keep at it, really. Yes. yes. And, and it's important to know that it's not avoiding pain. Like self-compassion doesn't mean that you're looking for good feelings all the time. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, is let's say that you're going through pain, you accept that pain, that you're feeling, but you care for yourself while you're going through that pain mm-hmm. or that that feeling of shame or whatever that is. So you give yourself understanding and some inside validation. Mm-hmm. That is so important for healing. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't help but think about it in terms of body image, right? Mm-hmm. That they're... Um, It really is about acceptance, which Mm -hmm. is what we're trying to get to with body image healing is coming to a place of self-acceptance and um, and recognizing that even then you're going to have moments of discomfort in your body Mm -hmm. and moments of pain. Mm -hmm. And how can you, you know, uh, there's a lot of digging deeper to do body image work. But sometimes the very first thing is just being able to practice self-compassion of like, this is a really hard moment. I'm having a moment of suffering in my body. And because and I acknowledge it. Yes, because what I've noticed now talking about eating and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the relationship with your body is that it's usually the motivation can usually come from not liking your body. Mm-hmm. So since I don't accept my body or the way I look mm-hmm. in the mirror, and then the comments and the self-talk sometimes is like, oh my goodness, look at me, I'm, I'm aging, or my weight is not where, or my body doesn't look like 
how my ideal body in my head uh-huh. could look like. And that's the motivation to maybe do something, but it's not coming from self-compassion. It's coming from guilt or shame or judgment. Mm-hmm. How long can that motivation really last, I wonder? Yeah, it comes from that space. Well, and is it really motivating? I think in the realm of health behaviors, food, exercise, Mm -hmm. I see it all the time that people think, but if I'm if I'm nice to myself, then then I'm just kind of letting giving myself permission to let myself go. Mm-hmm. And I need to sort of, you know, whip myself into shape and, you know, be mean to myself and not let myself buy clothing that fits and really get that harsh voice going so that I'll get off my butt and do something. And the but the research doesn't first of all, the research doesn't back that up. What the research backs up actually is that people who are more self-compassionate are more likely to engage in health-promoting behaviors, and they think it has something to do with being able to recover from setbacks because, of course, we all have meals that don't make us feel good or we all have an intention to do some sort of exercise routine that then we don't follow through on. And if we're self-compassionate, we can accept it with kindness and then move forward. And if we're not practicing self-compassion, what ends up happening is we start beating ourselves up, we're feeling guilty, we're feeling shamed, we're feeling angry towards ourselves, and it fuels a downward spiral, not an upward spiral. Okay, so let's unpack that for a minute because mm-hmm. this is important. So we can even give some examples. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, self-compassion is not that, for example, you make a mistake and you say something like, oh, it's it's perfectly fine. There's, you know. Yeah, it's not glossing over it. Right. So self-compassion is you made a mistake and you say it's it's okay. We all make mistakes. How can we make it better next time? What are things that you can do to prepare? Rather that you are terrible, you make the mistake. That means you're that means you're not good for that. Mm-hmm. That means now nobody else is gonna you know wanna be with you because of those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Or let's say in the example of your body, okay, the of our bodies. So when we say things like, um, look at me, I'm. I'm I'm gaining weight because of mm-hmm. uh, at the same time I'm aging and I cannot wear clothes because yeah, it, it so doesn't horrible. look I look uh-huh. so horrible and now you know I'm, I don't feel attractive uh-huh. and people are going to be looking at me this way or the other so that is the opposite of self-compassion right yes. that's judgment and shame and talking to yourself in uh-huh. a way that is going to bring you down mm-hmm. very rarely is going to give you the impulse to do anything kind to yourself because it's like this internal battle right. talking with a, your worst enemy in a way. Right. Self-compassion is changing that self-talk mm-hmm. and say things like, this is the body that has carried you through your life, that it's healthy, that it's making you walk, that you can find clothes that fit you, not you fit your clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Like, help me here. Or um, even just, this is my body. This and is I may my not body. like it, but it's my body yes. and it's hard and I can I can be one with my body. Yes. Um, it brings up, especially in the realm of body image, the difference between accepting and letting go. Right. Mm-hmm. If self-compassion involves an element of acceptance, mm-hmm. that accepting isn't letting go. Right. Mm-hmm. You can accept your body as it is, even if you don't like it mm-hmm. and still choose to treat it and care for it respectfully, to speak kindly to it or about it, to 
fuel it nourishing foods, to move it in a way that feels good to you, to prioritize getting plenty of sleep. Acceptance just means choosing not to be in a battle with it, right? Yes. And maybe you have yes. thoughts on what accept, the difference between acceptance and letting go. I would love to hear them. No, I think I agree with you. Accepting is embracing it. Mm-hmm. Is that you see it, you catch it, you see it, mm-hmm. and then you you embrace it and supportive in a kind way. Mm-hmm. It always makes me think of, um, like maybe maybe they're maybe having a child, right? You mm-hmm. think that they're going to be one way, and then it turns out there's mm-hmm. maybe some aspects of their their personality that maybe you don't love Heck that yeah. much, right? Mm-hmm. But we accept them, hopefully. Mm-hmm. We accept mm-hmm. them for who they are and learn to embrace it. It's kind of the same thing, right? Yes. yes. Maybe there are things about your spouse that, you know, you wish they were differently, but mm-hmm. you still accept that that's who they are. And, mm-hmm. and the opposite of it will be that now I don't know if you just mentioned it, and that's why it came to my brain. <laughs> Good to know you were listening carefully. <laughs> Sorry if I was boring out there. <laughs> because sometimes things come to my brain. Is it just because I just heard it or because it really came to my brain? Um, what is the opposite? That um, we don't accept and we judge and we um, you know, only focus on the negative of things. And we think that's what motivates, like with our kids. Yes. Right? Uh, yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Right. Uh-huh. So, like... Um, you're not good at, you know, you need to be better. You just made all these mistakes. Come on, run harder. Kick the ball better. You have mm-hmm. to prepare. You're not good yet. And you were saying, right, that research shows. So maybe you did just say it. That research shows that that's not a way to. Yeah, it's not It's not that motivating. No, <laughs> nobody telling you you suck at this is going to be like, oh, let me bring out yeah. the best on me. And right. do it great. Yes, because yes, yes. I just feel. You have to feel good about yourself mm-hmm. to give the best of you. Mm-hmm. It cannot come from a place of 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 scarcity, if that's even a word, you know, of lacking. Mm-hmm. It has to come from a place where you feel you're capable and 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 you have the tools and the strengths to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, I think that's clear. And I think, second. right, not a, some people maybe were taught to speak to themselves differently, Correct. right? They're mirroring perhaps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. different language that was modeled for them. And mm-hmm. so it, sometimes you have to relearn or you have to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen to this. Okay, your face just lit up. I'm curious where yes, you're going with this. because look at this idea. So giving compassion has benefits. Like think about it when you're compassionate to another person, right? Uh-huh. Let's say you and I go for lunch, that lunch that you still owe me at your house. <laughs> yes. And then we go to your house and I say, hey, Elizabeth, um, I had a workshop yesterday or, or a speaker. Um, how do you say it? A speaker event or? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a speaker. Speaking an engagement. Event, uh-huh. Speaking engagement. And I said something that I... You know, after the the engagement, I thought, oh, I could have said that differently, which happens to me every now and then. I'm like, oh, I could have explained that differently. I forgot to say this or Mm -hmm. that. And then I tell you that. And then you're very compassionate. You're like, hey, Maria, that happens. You know, um, still the information was given very clearly. Mm -hmm. Observing that is going to give you tools to 
do it a different way if you choose to next mm -hmm. time. And you're very compassionate rather than, well, Maria, but what were you thinking? Did you really got prepare yourself right. for it? Yes. Um, because maybe what you should do is just start preparing more, reading more. That way that doesn't happen. That's not compassionate. Correct. When we give compassion to another person, it makes us feel good, at least to me. When I'm very yeah. compassionate, it makes you feel supportive and it makes the other person feel good. So giving compassion already has a lot of benefits, I think. Actually, it does. It helps you reduce anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, it helps you reduce stress because I, don't ask me the details of it. But when you give compassion to others, it brings benefits to your well-being. So are you familiar with the work of Kristen Neff? She's a researcher uh, on self-compassion. Yeah, and for positive psychology, too. Like, yeah, yes. and she really, I think her life's work is studying yeah. self-compassion. And she talks about how... The three um, aspects... Well, the three aspects, yeah, which I did want to talk about in a second, but also that it, when we're compassionate, it releases oxytocin and dopamine, which is there a you feel go. good hormone. That so there sense. is science behind it, which is where I think you were going with that. You perhaps. see my brain, and I knew that, but didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and opposite, self-criticism releases cortisol and the stress of, hormones. Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. So it's not just like this fluffy thing we're talking about. There's research and science behind it. Of course. And your internal dialogue is what you listen to all the time. All the yeah. time. Mm -hmm. So of course, it makes perfect sense. If one of the main stressors, we carry them in our heads, in our mm -hmm. minds, 24-7, even when you're asleep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought up, you know, a lot of times most of us are really compassionate towards other people, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're self-compassionate, but it does mean that we all have the ability to be compassionate, mm -hmm. right? If we're compassionate towards other people, we have that skill. We just now need to turn it towards ourselves. So a lot of times what, what I'll say to people is, well, Okay, I want you to imagine whatever it is, and I'll, I'll stick with the, the body image example since that's kind of where we started with the episode, but whatever it is, whatever those mean thoughts are that you're, or distressful thoughts that you're having and saying to yourself about your body, I want you to imagine that that was your child or your best friend or mm -hmm. someone that you love. What would you tell them in that moment? And it's usually an easier way to access the language when you're not accustomed to practicing self-compassion. Right. I agree. And look at the win-win situation of self-compassion because if giving compassion has benefits and receiving compassion has benefits, then giving it to yourself <laughs> it's is a like, double bonus. <laughs> it's like the bomb, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> The bomb. The bomb. That's the takeaway from today's episode. Self-compassion is the, the bomb. bomb. Think about it. You're doing it both. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Right? Mm -hmm. Same. You mentioned love, and I think it's, it's, it's connected with self-compassion. That's what the work that I do with many clients is that. And, and something I talk about in my workshops many times is self-love and, and our value and self-compassion because I think they're interconnected. But... um. Giving love feels great, mm -hmm. and feel loved feels great. Mm -hmm. So self-love is also the bomb. <laughs> it's like, wait, I love wait. your face when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Um, 
in your case, mm -hmm. the self-compassion, what makes it important in the journey towards that connection with your body and your hunger cues and all, mm -hmm. how what what role does self-compassion plays or the lack of self-compassion yeah. how can it make it you know take you away from that yeah. goal of being more connected well, with I think on so many levels right I mean there's so many different directions I suppose that I could take that answer but the first thing that jumped to my mind is that It's really the foundation mm. for how you are treating yourself and, you know, treating your body and mm. thinking about approaching food. And the reality is there is no perfect way of eating. We're all going to have a meal where we miss a fullness cue or we get overly hungry or we choose something that just does not feel good or we wish we wouldn't have eaten. We're all going to have challenging body image moments where we don't feel very comfortable in our body and it feels distressful. Mm -hmm. We're all gonna, you know, maybe miss miss a workout we had intended to do or have one that doesn't feel good or, you know, just, I don't want to say slip up because it's not a slip up, but, but it's bumpy. Taking care of ourselves is bumpy and there's different seasons of, you know, how much time you're able to devote to it and mm -hmm. it, Self-compassion is really the foundation that can help you get through those, that can help you weather the bumps and keep going on, on your way without getting completely derailed or yeah. off track. And intuitive eating is really aligning the way that you're, you know, it's, it's reconnecting with your body and also aligning how you care for it with your values. Mm -hmm. And that alignment is so much easier when you're able to be self-compassionate to yourself. Mm -hmm. And and I guess a third thing that jumps to my mind, it's more than you bargained for. No, I love it. But if you're just constantly being mean in your head to yourself, mm -hmm. that's to me, I mean, I don't have necessarily science behind this, but if you're in your head being mean, you're probably not really connecting with your body and its cues, right? You're up here swirling in this cycle of, um, mental emotional negativity and it's more challenging to connect with your body and its cues and what it needs and what would be helpful for it right i believe i think so too you know that i was um you made me think that a few days ago i was in session with my therapist which by the way I encourage everyone to have a therapist <laughs> um and it made me think that we were talking about the different states of the nervous system specifically like sometimes when we feel depleted there are moments that we feel or I feel at least that I'm like I, I'm exhausted right mm -hmm. I'm depleted I'm in a point that I need recovery ASAP mm -hmm. then there's a moment when you're more like in fight or flight mm -hmm. um, response and then there's a moment where you feel calm you feel um, filled mm -hmm. you know so We were talking about that. How does it look like for me? And then she asked me, when I'm on each state, how is my relationship with food or substances or all that? Which I've never been asked before, so I really like that. Mm -hmm. I realized that when I am in a calm state that I feel mm -hmm. relaxed and, and fulfilled, mm -hmm. the choices I make for what I, how I nurture my body mm -hmm. are completely different 
yes. than when I feel depleted, right? Yes. Because then it's like an emergency stage yes. and I'm not connecting with my body. I'm just like trying to survive or I'm angry and then mm-hmm. I don't even want to connect with my body because I'm in a very dark mm-hmm. state. So then the way I nurture myself emotionally and physically mm-hmm. and nutritiously, if that's even a word, mm-hmm. is different. Yeah, it's, well, it's partly the difference between surviving and thriving, but also even just when we're in a calm nervous system state, which is supported by that self-compassionate voice, mm-hmm. that's your rest and digest state. So there's the science. I knew I would get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um when we're, you know, when your fight or flight and your sympathetic nervous system is activated, digestion gets down-regulated, right? So just from a nutritional perspective or nutrition perspective, yeah, you're going to choose different foods, but also your body's going to digest it. Mm-hmm. it it's going to feel different. I agree. So what are takeaways from today besides the fact that... Um, Self-compassion is the bomb. <laughs> right. So, so the important, I guess what I want, one of the takeaways is that self-compassion is important mm-hmm. on our journey towards health. Mm-hmm. Overall health, yeah. right? Physical, mental, emotional. Yeah, and it can play a vital role in intuitive eating, in exercise. Tari's not here today, but I assure you she would agree with everything we've said here. And even with psychological healing, mm-hmm. even coming out of a traumatic experience of healing after a traumatic experience cannot come from a place of judgment and shame and guilt, mm-hmm. right? It has to come from a lot of understanding and internal validation, like I said before. Um, any take So cultivating self-compassion, again, when you eat, when you move, or when you feel your emotions is a very good tool. And hey, I'm not saying easy peasy lemon squeezy is gonna take effort, but is it worth the effort? Mm-hmm. It, is, it, it, it is worth the effort, mm-hmm. right? So what are the ways that you teach people to practice it? If it's something they're not used to doing, maybe that would be a good way to wrap up. So yeah, points. I think good ways are to um, treat yourself, exactly like you said, treat yourselves as you treat others. Tap into your self-talk, that internal dialogue. If you haven't started that work, maybe start just noticing. Mm -hmm. Write down things that you hear your brain telling yourself and start journaling maybe about that so you start becoming aware of what is that. Yeah, that mindfulness, right? The present moment, being able to notice how you're talking to yourself. Yeah, and and, and write it down. Notice, um, reach out for help is a good way for self-compassion. Because that, believe it or not, it has a good impact because one of the many reasons why we don't reach out for help is for that shame or thinking you have to do it on your own and you, why are you going to, you know, because we're harsh on ourselves. Um, So, I mean, those are three easy steps that I can think of, but start with that self-dialogue and be kind to yourself. Be nice. We all make mistakes. We all mess up. You, we, you know, we're all going through our battles and um, let us know how how it feels if you start practicing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of those tips and I love the idea of self-compassion. I think it's an integral part of overall well-being and health. Yeah. So thank you all for listening to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. 
if we made any mistakes or said something wrong, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Please be compassionate. We are practicing self-compassion. <laughs> you see, when we listen to these episodes and we go back and we think, oh my goodness, we could have done so much better. No. Yeah, those we are practice, definitely opportunities for self-compassion. We practice self-compassion. We are in this practice and in this journey together. Um, we see you next time. Another reminder, if you like what you hear, Um, let us know through a review or sharing our podcast with your friends. And let's start rebranding yours, mine, Elizabeth, everyone's wellness journey. See you next time. Love it.